Why do we fail to see good things happening? Cultural historian Arthur Herman said, Virtually every culture, past or present, has believed that men and women are not up to the standards of their parents and forebears. Our generation is no exception, despite living in an ever more interconnected world. Unfortunately, the unique trajectory of progress is hard to grasp for the majority of people worldwide due to various psychological mechanisms at work, most prominently and precisely explained by the late Swedish physician Hans Rosling and Harvard psychologist Steven Pinker. This comes as stark contrast to personal attitudes and beliefs about people's own futures, which are generally positive. Several studies have concluded that humans are mostly local optimists and national pessimists. This has been inferred many times from the discrepancies between individuals' personal outlook and their assessment of the health of the national economy. What are the key instincts that keep us from realising that we live in a golden age. For starters, the generalisation instinct makes us think in binary categories of rich versus poor, good versus evil, while totally neglecting the rich spectrum of experience in the middle. Negativity creates unnecessary pessimism because humans have a tendency to notice the bad more than the good. As former hunter-gatherers, we are evolutionarily programmed to be alert in order to avoid potential dangers, like a pack of wolves, even if this means missing out on the spectacle of a sunrise. Mass media can further aggravate this tendency by focusing only on bad news and neglecting gradual improvements over time due to the overcoverage of periodic dips in generally positive trends. This kind of reasoning establishes the apparent equivalence between temporary bad experiences and more permanent trends. Then, there are the deeply ingrained fear and size instincts, which distort the accurate risk calculation of a given event. People tend to exaggerate the advent of scary events by a wide margin. Generalization and destiny instincts also add to our psychological baggage. Being too focused on the present could seriously distract us from long-term goals. Making generalizations is one of the best-known examples of heuristics or shortcuts in decision-making. Exactly this kind of mechanism on the part of the automatic brain saves the mental energy of our deliberate brain. A good example can be made by referring to the availability heuristic which bends our thinking towards information that springs to mind quickly. Our brains treat this kind of information as more significant and probable, which leads us to an erroneous estimate of the probability for similar things to happen in the future. Unsurprisingly, the human brain loves virtue signalling and being part of a larger tribe. Hence, the instincts mentioned above fulfil important psychological needs that are quite separate from any desire to find a solution. Human beings fall prey to cognitive biases that constitute systematic deviation from rational judgment. All of the above instincts have an unconscious and perverse impact on our daily life, exacerbated by clickbait media and social networking. Such narratives are good from a commercial standpoint that thrives on sensational and emotional soundbites, 
but they are toxic to nuanced and detailed policy analysis. Swedish economic historian Johan Norberg put it succinctly. Part of our problem is one of success. As we get richer, our tolerance for global poverty diminishes. So we get angrier about injustices. Charities quite rightly wish to raise funds, so they draw our attention to the plight of the world's poorest. Nonetheless, we are not necessarily doomed by the instincts described above. Factfulness, an extraordinary book written by the Rosling family, offers us effective rules of thumb geared at addressing these instincts. Making small, incremental steps in designing policy solutions, resisting the blame game, expanding policy toolkits, calculating risks appropriately, and questioning the categories into which we divide our complex world are just some of the solutions to our wicked problems, such as poverty, climate change, and violence. Solving wicked problems is tricky because they support the dearly held values of policymakers themselves. However, they are not insurmountable if a shared narrative is being created, serving as a middle ground between extremes. You can read more about this in the chapter Why do we have a pessimistic view of the world's development?